In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christ is in our midst. We meet our old friend Zacchaeus today. His story is so memorable for us, probably for a number of reasons. Partly because we hear it every year as we begin our transition towards Great Lent, but also because of the memorable images. We don't often think or talk about a grown man climbing into a tree, but that's a memorable visual for all of us, I'm sure. For some of us who are on the shorter end of the spectrum, it also feels close to home. But regardless, we have to, in everything, especially the things that we encounter regularly, we must never look with familiar eyes. We must look with fresh eyes, always looking for and being open to how the Spirit of God is moving us to new spiritual insights. Part of looking with fresh eyes is to never act as though we have everything figured out, to never assume that we have people figured out, or to think that we know how they are and they're incapable of change. We must be willing to grow, never content to be static or fixed, but we also must never view others as unredeemable and fixed. To be fixed is to be limited. Zacchaeus, our good friend, he was a chief tax collector. The gospel mentions that he was rich because of this. And we remember that at this time in history, the Judeans were under political, military, and financial occupation by the Roman authorities. And the Romans enlisted many of the Jews to work for them to collect taxes, an unpleasant job even in the first century. And so when we hear that Zacchaeus was a tax collector, we have to realize that it's so much more than our modern thought of, oh, he works for the IRS, and no one likes the IRS. We have to remember that Zacchaeus, being a Jew himself and collecting taxes from his own people for the Roman government, was viewed by his peers as a traitor. They viewed him as working for the enemy and to extort his own fellow citizens. We can confidently say that the people of Jericho felt as though they had Zacchaeus figured out. He's a sinner, he's unclean, he's a traitor, he's unworthy of our compassion, and certainly not worthy to see the famous teacher before me. Perhaps these are the thoughts of the people of Jericho when they see Zacchaeus. These people did not have fresh eyes. They would not so much as even touch him because they viewed him as being unclean and evil. But this man, this outcast, this social pariah, this traitor, this man, out of all the people, the faithful people gathered to see Christ that day, he was the one that Christ spoke to, and he was the one that Christ went to stay with. Christ offers this tax collector the opportunity to receive God into his home. Christ offers this man salvation. Now, when we look carefully at the text, we see the point at which Christ proclaims this salvation as coming, having come to Zacchaeus. You may think that it comes when Christ is speaking with him outside on the road. Christ, after all, does bring salvation. And so the presence of Christ is the presence of potential salvation. 
But Christ doesn't say that Zacchaeus is saved from that interaction, from, from his efforts to climb the tree, his haste to come down, and his joy to receive Christ. Those aren't the points when Zacchaeus receives his salvation. He doesn't even receive this salvation when Christ enters his home. You may think that's the point when he receives this salvation. But no, Christ doesn't announce Zacchaeus' salvation at either of these points. But he proclaims that salvation came to Zacchaeus at the point when Zacchaeus resolves to change his life. To stop extorting his fellow citizens. To repay what he's stolen. To give the rest of his possessions to the poor and to follow Christ. This is the point when salvation comes to Zacchaeus. Because Christ offers the salvation, but until Zacchaeus took up that offer and resolved to repent of his ways and to change his life by Christ's offer, that was when he received his salvation. Christ's compassion, his love for Zacchaeus, compared to the hostility and the hatred he received from the rest of the people, is what moved Zacchaeus to his repentance. And his repentance is what ushers forth this proclamation of his salvation. To be fixed is to be limited, and to be limited is to be stuck. Zacchaeus shows us that change is a good thing, and he shows us what repentance looks like. In repentance, we are not stuck. We're not fixed. We are capable of greatness. We are capable of holiness. We are capable of sharing in Christ's divine nature. This is the offer of salvation that Christ gives us. So when we look at Zacchaeus and his encounter with Christ, what started this whole process? There was inside of Zacchaeus a desire to draw close to the divine, to be close to God. Zacchaeus could have allowed any number of things to keep him from seeing Christ. His status, his status as a social outcast, maybe his physical smallness, his own feelings of unworthiness and shame from what people have talked about him, or even the size of the crowd could have stopped him from going to see Christ. But nonetheless, Zacchaeus pushed onward. He ignored the distractions. And what happened? His life was changed. Zacchaeus shows us what repentance looks like. Repentance is change. Repentance is growth. Repentance is the opposite of being fixed. Repentance is the first step towards removing whatever limitations we have on ourselves. We all, each of us, has room to grow, room to change, and the opportunity to repent. So we, we can choose who in this gospel account we want to be. Do we want to be like the crowd who was filled with faithful people who loved and wanted to see Christ, but at the same time ostracized and hated this man who was among them? Or do we want to be like Zacchaeus, who made every effort to see Christ, even despite his own shortcomings, even despite the vitriol and the hypocrisy of his neighbors? Christianity is the home of growth perspective. It's the opposite of being fixed. Christianity and Christ rejects no one. 
Christ breaks down barriers. He takes away limits. And he makes us limitless when we share in his divinity. Do we follow Zacchaeus' example of making haste to receive Christ into the home of our body through Holy Communion? Do we make every effort possible to be near him? Do we receive him joyfully? Christ came to seek and to save you, each and every one of us. And it's up to you to continue living a fixed and limited life or to be changed by Christ's love, to be changed by his mercy, his love, his compassion, and his openness, and to be filled with his peace and his mercy. And when we make haste to be near to him, to receive him into our home, and to change the things that we need to change about ourselves, we are promised to receive his salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.